friends, this is Cliff Knight from Equippers International. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We want to lift up Jesus and provide a place for you to learn more about Him and to grow in your relationship with Him. If you find the podcast helpful, feel free to share it with others. We believe it will be a source of blessing and encouragement, and you will be strengthened in your relationship with Jesus. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. We're in the book of Romans, chapter 5. We're going to be looking in verses 15 and the following verses there a little bit today in this episode. But before we get into that, I just want to do a little bit of backtracking to the previous episode and make some comments You know, one of the things that's a real challenge in doing um, podcasts like I'm doing and studying books on a verse by verse basis is there are so many points of diversion that I can take to further kind of discuss concepts that are raised within the actual book that we're studying. And I can chase rabbits, so to speak, in lots of different directions. I choose to do that really only as the Spirit leads me. I know that maybe it leaves a lot of things unanswered. I think the main goal in me doing these studies is so that you can be prompted in your own journey of studying the book along with me, if you're choosing to follow the podcast, that you'll be prompted by the Spirit to chase up things as things maybe are left unanswered. So I try to balance doing due diligence to bring thorough understanding to what, for example, Paul's saying in a specific text without having to go through and do a lot of background work or chasing up different concepts in other places of Scripture. So just wanted to throw that out there because I know in the previous episode I introduced some ideas about Paul's understanding of the law. And it is important to the context of the discussion in the book of Romans because like I've said in previous episodes and putting Romans in context as a letter, It is a letter written to a mixed church of Jews and Gentiles. And so as we read along, we have to determine maybe why he's saying things that he's saying and why he introduces certain concepts at different times. This is going to become really evident, for example, in Romans 9, 10, and 11 when he takes up the whole discussion of the Jews and the nation of Israel because surely there was some question in the church in Rome regarding these issues. So just to be aware that these things are happening, and this is kind of what happened in our previous episode when Paul makes this very difficult statement to understand, quite honestly, back in verses 13 and 14, where he said, until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses. What is he saying? Well, there is this very unique situation in which God gave the law to the children of Israel. And there are specific reasons why God gave the law to the children of Israel. But one thing I think that a lot of Christians fail to recognize just on a basic observation is that the law was not given to the Gentiles. It was never meant for the Gentiles. It was never directed toward the Gentiles. And for a lot of Christians, that comes as a surprise. It comes as a shock statement to say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Surely the law is for the whole world. I mean, the Ten Commandments, aren't those God's Ten Commandments to all of mankind? Well, 
in essence, really, they're not. They're Ten Commandments that were given to the children of Israel. And Paul and the other apostles never blur the lines here. Paul is very clear that the law was given to the Jews and the Gentiles were never under the law. This becomes very clear in the book of Acts when the gospel goes forth and the house of Cornelius receives the Holy Spirit And then the Jerusalem council happens where the apostles come. And in that council, Peter makes this statement because they were trying to figure out how the law is going to apply to the Gentiles. And Peter says that this law, which was a burden for our fathers that they could never bear, is surely not a burden that we're going to ever put on the Gentiles. It was never a requirement of the Gentiles, and it never will be a requirement of the Gentiles. And also, Paul's going to go into great detail in chapter 7 of Romans regarding the law as it applies to the Jew. And so there's going to be great insight that he's going to give us there about the law. So in trying to explain this, what I'm doing is I'm trying to bring an understanding of the relationship between Gentiles and the law and Jews and the law. Paul clearly saw it different. And I believe this is what kind of informs his comment that he makes right here in chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. He's saying that before the law came, which was a long time after creation, many perhaps thousands and thousands of years, depending on how you count time in history. So from Adam until Moses is a very long time. And during that time period, there was no law. For example, there was no law when Abraham interacted with God. And all through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's lives, there was no law. This only came many years later when God led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And on Mount Sinai, he gave them the law through Moses. And when that happened, the law was given to the children of Israel for a specific reason. You see, you don't need the law in order for sin to exist. Sin is not the breaking of the law. Sin is breaking of the law, but it's not only breaking of the law. Paul makes it clear that sin was already in the world long before the law came into place. And through sin, death reigned. Now, what happened after the law for the Jews is that the law became a process. It became a tool, a perfect tool, according to Paul. The problem is not the law. The problem is that man cannot uphold the law. But that's a problem that God actually created on purpose. If you understand Paul's teaching on the law, the law accomplishes exactly what God intended it to do. He intended it to magnify sin for the Jew so that they could see clearly that they needed the Savior that God was going to provide for them. And this is part and partial of the greater narrative. I've alluded to this throughout our study so far, that God is busy bringing salvation to all the world. And primarily, first, it came to the Jews. Remember Paul's definition of the gospel. It is the power of God and salvation to all those who believe, to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. So God is the master designer of this process. He knew the whole world was under sin. 
But he then chooses the Jewish people in order to be a blessing according to the promise given to Abraham that his prodigy was going to be a witness to all the nations so that he could bring a blessing. What was that blessing? It was the blessing that came ultimately through Christ to all of mankind. But the design was for the children of Israel to be that witness and that testimony And as part of that, they were given the law as a means by which they could understand what God required of them. And when they failed in that requirement, it was supposed to turn them to the one answer that God provides for them in Christ. This is exactly what Paul says in Galatians chapter 3. Let me read those verses. This would be an example of chasing up an idea in another area of Scripture in order to bring clear understanding. Paul says in Galatians 3.19 and following, Why the law? It was added because of transgressions, having been ordained through angels by the agency of a mediator until the seed, who is Christ, would come to whom the promise had been made. Now a mediator is not for one party, whereas God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promise of God? May it never be. For if the law had been given, which was able to impart life, then righteousness would indeed have been based on law. But the scriptures, that's Paul's way of saying the Old Testament law, has shut up everyone under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. And he goes on to say in verse 24, Therefore the law has become our tutor. It is the means by which we are led to faith in Christ because that is the end goal. So all this that was done through the law by God was done with great purpose. Often we get confused and we focus too much on a micro level in regards to the law and we don't see on a macro level. We don't see what it was God was doing through the giving of the law. So this is what Paul's opening up for us in this statement that from Adam until Moses, death reigned. So death did reign without the law, but after the law, death also reigned. And in fact, law became the power of sin, because I talked about it in the previous episode, about how when the commandment comes in, it arouses in the human heart the desire to do the very thing that we're commanded not to do. So God is sovereign, and he understands this process much better than we do in our natural minds. But these are the deep truths that Paul is trying to bring across in our understanding of all these dynamics that are in play. 
Okay, so remember in the previous episode, I said in the narrative of the good news, at times there's bad news. And this is one of those times in this passage that we looked at in the previous episode where Paul talks about the introduction of sin through the disobedience of Adam. And as a result, death enters in and death affects all mankind so that everyone is under the penalty of death because of sin, whether they're a Gentile or whether they're a Jew with the law. Either way, death reigned. But remember the good news, and the good news is where we're going to pick up in the next episode. So bear with me. I just wanted to do some of that review and clarification in this episode. But in the next episode, we'll pick up with the good news that comes through the free gift through Jesus Christ in verse 15. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more. 